Okay, so you know I love good wordplay. And Third Love is crushing their wordplay here. When you have a bra that pinches or slips or just isn't comfortable at all or is comfortable but isn't your style, you've got problems. <laughs> How excited was Third Love when they thought of problems? Well done, Third Love. I see you. When you wear Third Love bras, you've got no problems. They fix the problem of size exclusivity with their famous half-cup sizes that revolutionized the industry by giving more options to find a bra that fits. And they fixed the problem of guessing what bra will fit you with their virtual fitting room and other helpful guides. A bra size chart, a bra 101 education section that's basically an FAQ for all your burning questions, and a ton of great reviews from real people. My sister just texted me, 99 problems, but pinching <laughs> isn't one. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code podcast15. We are jumping right into our We Can Do Hard Things, episode two of this week. We have missed you. We have missed you so much. We are so grateful to be back together. This week is a celebration of you and your just ridiculously brutal lives. We've been listening to your stories and your questions, and we are answering a bunch more today. So let's jump right in, shall we? Hey, Glennon and sister. Um, this is Kimberly. I just want to let you know that I find a lot of comfort and peace in this podcast. I just had my second baby. I have a three-year-old and a four-and-a-half-month-old and dealing with uh, some postpartum depression. I love how raw and real you are. It makes me feel better and realize I'm not a mess either. I'm just a very feeling person because I'm paying attention. So, one, thank you for your story. Keep on sharing it. Yes. Two, I am curious why you guys decided to move to California. Um, just be a nosy. You don't have to tell your listeners why, but um, I am curious about that. My husband and I have often talked about moving our family just to do something different. So I was curious if you guys had a particular reason for doing it or maybe it was a job or et cetera. But mainly I just want to tell you, please keep making this podcast. I look forward to it every single week. Um, it's a highlight for me with postpartum depression. You don't see a lot of light. You don't feel a lot of light. And this for me is light. Mm. Even if people say mm. it's always talking about hard things, because you know what? That's life. It's hard. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I also love an Abby Vaughn. Mm. I adore her. Thanks for everything, guys. Bye. Oh, Kimberly. Kimberly. Thanks for talking about depression, Kimberly. I know it well. I know it well. And because I know it well, I have no advice for you about it. I just get it. Um, why did we leave Florida? So so there's so many ways to answer that question. Well, she actually asked why you moved to California. Oh. It's interesting that you phrased it as why did we leave Florida? Right. <laughs> so I guess that's the answer, right? Okay. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, okay, so well, I mean, maybe that's how we start. Then is that in it really felt more like the first priority for us was to leave Florida. We chose California, but the impetus was that we felt like it was time to leave. And um, in a lot of ways, Florida was good to us. I we I moved there from Virginia because I had neurological Lyme disease and I got really really sick and I needed to be in the particular climate that. Florida had. So I moved the whole family there a decade ago or something. And, um, and I am not sure we lived in Florida in a very, 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 this isn't the right word. I want to say a very conservative place, but that's not even the right word. Um, we basically, I mean, I will describe it as we lived inside of a Trump rally for a very long time. Um, and that manifested itself in many different ways. Um, but I think that basically what I would say is after a very long time there, I felt like I was like in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. 
I truly felt like I was in a toxic relationship, meaning that some markers of toxic relationships are when you start to feel crazy, right? We lived through COVID in Florida where, you know, as my kids say, like we didn't have science, like we just didn't have science. We just didn't believe science as a culture there in our town and um, mask wearers were shamed and um, just a lot of stuff like that went on. And we really did start to feel like we were the crazy ones after a while. Another sign of a toxic relationship is when you're angry all the time. I was angry all the time. And I felt like um, because we had taught our children (laughs) to speak up, when horseshit is happening, like racism or homophobia or um, ableism or, or any of or any of that, we found ourselves constantly feeling militantly aggressive all the time. Like every mm. time there was a dog whistle at every soccer practice, at every bus stop, at every, we found ourselves constant to the point where we started wearing just t-shirts. We we figured one <laughs> one strategy would be is if everywhere we went, we just wore. Black Lives Matter t-shirts, if we just wore our gay t-shirts, I mean, we have the gayest closets you've ever seen because everyone just sends us their gay shit. So if we wear rainbows everywhere we go, then remember when we were little and we had those signs that, that people would put in their windows for kids walking by that were like, this is a safe house. Like it was a signal that you could come to that house if someone was, if you were in a dangerous situation, we had to wear like anti-safe shirts. Like this family, not safe for racism, homophobia, dog whistles, but like literally our family would walk up places and everything would go silent. People would stop talking around us. So after a while, one of our kids, you know, being a gay family there too, like one of our kids came home, told us a story about something that had happened. And I got upset and and this this child of ours said, well, mom, this place doesn't love us. Mm. And babe, is that the day? It was like, I was thinking back to my own freaking book. <laughs> I was thinking back to Untamed and the line that was like, these doors aren't even locked. Yeah. Like these doors aren't even locked. Why are we staying here? And because we have an immense amount of privilege yes. to be able to move we just decided, oh yeah, that's right. We have this one wild and precious life well, and we don't want our children to be angry and gaslit all the time. So we. Moved. Yeah. A lot of things were kind of converging at the same time. This story happened. We were like in the midst of COVID. Um, and like you said, we have, we have privilege to be able to like choose to move mm-hmm. when these things started to converge. And I think that Having lived here for so long, we forgot that like we choose to live here. Yeah, we're making a choice. We forgot that this was our doing, right? And I think COVID brought to the surface kind of a lot of the things that we actually want to leave in our in our past. Yeah, Yeah, we understood that we were angry for we don't have to be angry all the time, right? We understood that we didn't have a lot of friends because. In almost all the circumstances we found ourselves in, when you walk up to a group of people, let's say we're on the sidelines of soccer fields, and then all of those groups of people literally stop talking about (laughs) what they were talking about, which was some sort of Trump Whatever, who knows. Whatever. Mm -hmm. It becomes very isolating. And then, Mm -hmm. like, you don't want to go out and you actually don't want to get to know people because you know that they voted against your family and your your personal rights. Like, this is not like the kind the kind of politics we're talking about is different than Republican and Democrat. No, it wasn't. Right. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. It was fundamentalism. It was was fundamentalism. It was a celebration. It was a celebration mm. of everything that we stand against, right? It's like that meme that says, before you decide you're crazy, be sure you're not just surrounded by assholes. Yes, (laughs) thank you. That's right. And then also that it's not about the assholes, it's about (laughs) you. Yeah, yeah. it, it, It reminded me of the decision to leave my marriage where it's like, how could he do this to me? How could he do this to me? It was like every day I was like, how could Florida do this to me? How could Florida do this to me? And then it was like, no, no, no. How could I keep doing this to myself? Yes. That's right. Florida's just Florida-ing. Yes. Florida has never pretended to be anything else. Florida yeah. is Florida. 
And right. the commitment is why is your ass still here? And the commitment right. that we have to each other and our marriage and our life is that we want to keep evolving. We don't want to stay stagnant, right? And I felt like that that was probably part of what we were unearthing is that mm -hmm. we just kind of felt like, well, nothing is going to change unless we change it. So that's right. When you can, I mean, and by the way, when, when Glennon decides something, whew, there is like whiplash. <laughs> Hell hath no fury. Everybody get on the train. It's leaving the station in Hell three, no two. Fury. Like when I figure out the doors are not locked. Yeah. It's like she literally walked outside. I was sitting outside. I'll never forget it. She just said, why are we living here? <laughs> and I was like, you mean in this house? And she's like, no, why are we here? And I'm like, we're here because that's where you and Craig live. That's why I'm here. I lived in Portland and California before. Like, that's why I'm here. And so she just like kind of opened the door. She's like, why don't we move? Where can we move? Where else can we move? And I'm like, well, there's no way Craig's going to get on board. So lo and behold, Glenda not only has a way about her, she is just relentless about knowing what she knows. And thank God for you, because we are in California. And this is where I belong. Yeah. Well, what a hard sell. Hey, Craig, you gorgeous, gorgeous, like very <laughs> eligible man. Yes. man of a certain age who loves to be outside and exercise. Do you want to leave this place in, where you're living in a retirement community yeah. or move to Cali? And like surf on the beach. Not and a he hard he did sell. want to move. And I, I, he, I knew that he always had this little dream to live in California too. That's why, mm -hmm. because I actually, if you remember, babe, I didn't care where we went. Mm -hmm. That was not my, my intention was we're going to get the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. I just knew in order for everybody else in the family to be on board, it had to be, I had to consider the destination that everyone else wanted. Yeah. 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 Right? And then Craig was like, no take backs. No yes. take backs. We're going to California. He was. No he was so yeah. excited. And then the kids, we thought that it was going to be so hard to get the kids on board. Chase was leaving anyway. Okay. Going to college. And I think that had it not been for COVID, it never would have worked because what we all know is that, you know, for me, the consistency was so important for the kids because our kids have been through so much change mm -hmm. that- the consistency of the school and the friends and all of that is really the true reason we were staying. But after COVID consistency turned into a joke. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing left keeping us there. But, you know, what I would say is that I also tend to be suspicious of myself with destination happiness, right? That like, oh, I'll be happy if I'm living there. Oh, I'll be happy if I go there. Or, I'll, you know, in terms of I just think it's important to consider that this idea of like bloom where you're planted, whether it's a work, work or relationship or whatever, like we are not plants. Like the difference between human beings and plants are that we can move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we it's can literally change. the difference. Yeah. Right, right. Like I'm not a botanist, but I feel mm -hmm. like bloom where you're planted might be an important thing for a plant to remember because they have no <laughs> choice, right? That is motivational, like realistic for a plant. But for a person, that's a maybe a cop-out. small plants. Right, because a person can go, right? Mm -hmm. Legs instead of roots, all of that. So um, you can plant yourself where you'd prepare to bloom, you'd prefer to bloom, is what I mean. Well, Do you see what I'm, I'm saying? Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. That's first damn sure. But here's That's the other thing. thing. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I get that. Wherever you go, there you are. However, Glennon and I, a value in our marriage and our life and what we want with our life is we value learning new things and learning new things about ourselves. And so we choose to put ourselves in new places to have new experience so that we can be and, and introduce ourselves to different parts of who we are that we never knew. And we're doing that right now. And so Glennon and I, we're having a new experience individually and also collectively that's actually shaping our marriage in a completely different way than we ever knew. So because of it that commitment, cool. mm -hmm. yeah, we're able to actually know each other better and different and more fully. Yeah, that's true. And that's cool what you said about the being like 
just a different trying on different things of life. Cause I feel like that can be the case, even if you aren't able to, or don't want to have such a dramatic move, like you can introduce little things to your life that kind of change the, what you've gotten used to that doesn't feel correct. Yeah. In little ways. Like I've started going on bike rides with Bobby and it's like, really? (gasps) Are you serious, sister? I got on a bicycle built for one for the very first time (laughs) since I was like in elementary school. And we go on little bike rides and it's so cool because he, it's this thing that never happens in our dynamic where he like leads and I have to follow wherever Mm. he goes. And it's fun. And I just feel like there can be little micro things that get you out of your normal routine that don't involve, for example, a transnational move. Yeah. So what is your California? Yours is a bike ride. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Well, okay. Low budge California people. Well, I want you to know, sister, that I also rode my bike yesterday because Abby, so Abby, we found a new vibe for ourselves, which is that Abby can run and I can ride my bike. And probably at the same pace. No, no, no. Oh, sister. Abby, tell her the first third, I was, I couldn't keep up with her. I was on my bike <laughs> and she was like eons ahead of me. You well, were like, what are those little like mice that are like, exactly. But in your defense, there were a lot of ups on the way out. There were some ups, but I was trying to encourage her sister. So I was going by her saying things like, you can do it. Good hustle. I was trying to be a support system. It was great. how delicately you hold your baby you dress your baby and you feed your baby we do that because they're adorable of course but also because their skin is delicate know this there is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs and that's pampers the number one pediatrician recommended brand their swaddlers diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use swaddlers in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets it's match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Okay, on to the next question. Hi, Glenn. My name's Matthew, and I'm calling today with the question about how can I stop being such a people pleaser? Uh, I've spent most of my life living to try to keep everyone around me happy. And I've started my journey to do hard things by trying to make myself happy. Uh, but I don't really know the best way to start. So I'm hoping that, you know, after listening to your podcast and your, your audio books, that I can get some personalized help to begin this process. Thank you for all that you do and have a wonderful day. Oh. Babe, you Matthew. think you wouldn't mind taking this one for Matthew? Because I am not. I'm a people Displeaser. Not pleaser. You're a people <laughs> displeaser. People displeaser. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, ironically, so I didn't have um, the language around this until recently. Actually, I actually came home from a run and somebody was talking about it on the audiobook I was listening to. And, um, and I was like, wait, what are the signs that you're a people pleaser? And if you don't single- mind telling me, if yeah. not, it's okay. If it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And every single thing that this author was saying just matched me, right? And so when I What got was the home- book, Abby? Do you know what the book was? Yeah. So it, it's Oprah's book um, called What Happened to You. And oh, she, cool. Yeah. And she talked a lot about people pleasing in that book and how she's a massive people pleaser and... um. And I was like, well, first of all, it's kind of cool to be like Oprah in any way. <laughs> um, but but it was the first time I'd ever considered that I was actually a people pleaser. And look, I came home and I talked to my wife about it. And she was 
with full of grace and just said, honey, like, yep, I, I can see how you might think that. <laughs> and the thing is, I really love making people happy. It is part of what makes it's like my superpower. And also I think my, my Achilles heel, um, because sometimes I forego my own happiness for mm-hmm. other people's happiness. Is that what you'd consider the definition when you're I mean, choosing? Yeah. Like, I think that it's going to be obviously very vast for who you are. Every person's different. And my personal definition is for sure that like that no matter what, I'm always considering, first of all, your happiness, honey, over my own. Mm. And I'm willing to like, I'm willing to suffer like, like literally like, (laughs) like right before we recorded this podcast, you are making a cup of coffee and we do the pour over coffee and you were about to overflow. Like the coffee was about to come out of the thing. And so I didn't want you to feel bad about messing up your cup of coffee or spill it. Like, I didn't want that to feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. So I, this is scalding 202 <laughs> degree temperature coffee. I just, I put my hand underneath. It was to, unbelievable. To catch the coffee. Like to this catch. is a different episode, y'all. This is not people pleasing. This is some kind of crazy ass, <laughs> crazy ass situation we and have like, going on. There was like, literally, I, and of course, like I I got burnt and, and we had this thing that it was like, <laughs> too much and that was because I wanted to help and please her at the risk of my own hands so sweetie pie love of my life yeah how um for sweet Matthew okay can you offer us any tips on I think it's important to acknowledge that if you're a type of people pleaser Every t- every personality type, every characteristic is a beautiful thing and a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, like if you're a people pleaser, it could be at its root a beautiful, beautiful wish for other people to be happy. Like yes. that's what you have, babe. Mm-hmm. But when it crosses over into something that is a weakness, can you give us a tip or two? Yeah, about how to rectify those so that you so that you are one of the people that you are pleasing. Yes. So that you are the first person you are pleasing. Right. I think. Glenn, it's like, don't take it too far. Yeah. Well, I don't want her to be completely cured of this situation. No, no, listen. I think having a boundary around your own personal wellness is yes. highly mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. It's like the most important boundary you can possibly create, in my opinion. Correct. And the ability to say no to somebody, because there's usually people in your orbit that you are more inclined to want to please than others, right? Mm-hmm. And so finding those people in your life and making sure that 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 you aren't being triggered to please them. And so you might have to practice the art of saying no, or mm-hmm. I can't, with those mm-hmm. said people that you have now identified in your orbit as those who in which you want to please the most. Um now, I'm still working on it because I've just recently listened to this book and I've just recently figured out I am a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it, quite, is, it a good, is it a good practice to even make a list of people that you... Sure. To, to, to take it like less, so to like less big and airy and make like, okay, well, who are the people I'm trying to please constantly? Yeah. Even so making my, a list. My people are you and mm-hmm. strangers. Okay, so I think Isn't we should work on the, the oddest thing? thing. What the heck? It's the oddest thing. Like, I swear to you, I can be, what? what is that? Someone come on the show and talk, because I can have the hardest conversations with the most intimate people in my life and set really hard boundaries. Somebody on, some random person on the street, hey, and I'm like, ah, that's my, I will never see you again. And look at me pouring out all my energy to you. What mm. the hell is that about? It is the weirdest thing. It is the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. So, identifying who the who the people are or what the things are that you're trying to and then just like make sure that it's in in alignment with with your wellness I think there's also this other little bit of people pleasing which is to, it's something that I fall into sometimes which is that when every when your only tool is a hammer every problem looks like a nail it's like that kind of thing when someone has a problem when there's any problem presented 
it's like, that's my kryptonite. I'm like, mm. I can tackle problems, but, but it's like, I, I fail to have the, the, the initial barrier to entry, which is like, is that my problem? Is mm-hmm. that, is that my circus? Are those my monkeys? Oh, like God. what is, because that's, there can be this problem over here and I can be like, oh man, I'm so sorry. That sounds like a problem. And actually I have to restrain myself. Cause I'm like, I could solve that problem. Yep. I could solve that problem. Yeah. I could, I could fix that. But, and, and, and that is like a boundary that I think creeps into people pleasing mm-hmm. that it's just not everything is yours. Yeah. To wow. feel to fix, uh, to solve, to enter into, to yeah. enter into, to uh, here I am. That energy of wanting—it's a worthiness every thing for thing. me. It's like how mm-hmm. I get. I think that maybe I get my worthiness in, in pleasing or helping people fix their problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. So it's just make sure your your inner circle, your bullseye, Matthew, like Abby said, that you're taking care of you, and then figure out your next concentric circle of the people that you really with your value system want to please honor and then honor can we change honor, it to honor honor want because to honor. pleasing mm-hmm. suggests that we're doing every whim that they have all the time right right that we're just it also, whether it's healthy or not we're just pleasing that's not the right word like yeah honoring is so much better honoring. honor yourself honor your mm-hmm. first circle around you because it's also like something that will be pleasing to another person might be actually against their interests and against your relation Absolutely. The, the your relation I like that very much thinking of people in in concentric circles mm-hmm. because we have had issues Abby does like to please strangers right mm-hmm. and so she does and <laughs> I know and I know I just I just want to give like an actual practical example of this so in the beginning of our relationship let's say we were at a soccer tournament or something with the kids and people we call it the soccerazzi okay at some point you're going to see that the, the entire soccer tournament has just figured out that Abby Wambach is there okay mm-hmm. and the children start coming, the parents start coming, right? There's this moment. And this was a very hard thing for us in the beginning of our relationship because Abby, it's, it's not, it's beautiful. Like Abby cares deeply about these children that are, you know, inspired by her about these families that, but in, in terms of people pleasing, it's not like you can just keep pleasing everybody and there's no cost to it. Mm-hmm. You are often deciding, am I choosing them or am I choosing me? In our particular situation, it's it was very, it was semi-traumatic for our kids because we are there for their soccer game. And now suddenly it's not about them anymore. It's about Abby. And it's and not about like whether Abby's concentrating on our children or, or, we're ha- or she's being a mom. It's that we're pleasing these strangers and we don't want to disappoint them. So we're choosing to disappoint our kids. So my point is that it, when you when you figure out your circles, you realize, oh, if I'm ever given a chance to please those strangers or honor my kids, the decision's done. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that happens. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's painful. Like I see Abby mm-hmm. have to do it at mm-hmm. tournaments, at the wherever we are and say, I'm sorry, I'm with my kids right now. Like this is a mom moment. I'm with my kids right now. And it mm-hmm. does disappoint the people. Mm-hmm. But our kids feel it. In, in, I can see it. In They walk a little strong. Like they feel safer because they know mm-hmm. she's going to protect that circle. Yep. Yeah. And practically speaking, I feel like that happens a lot in people's everyday lives with work. Like with, um, you know, the saying yes to work, saying yes to work as if you, there there is not a cost to that too. And the mm-hmm. saying yes to that means very often saying no mm-hmm. to your family commitments or time with your family, et cetera. And so I think that's an interesting part of it. What the other part of people pleasing and saying yes to things. If, if I say yes to this, what is it requiring me to say no to? Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. And then counting that in your analysis. So, so that it's an intellectually honest thing. That's exactly. Good. That's good. Exactly. Having the intellectual honesty to know that every yes is a no and every no is a yes. So make and, sure that you're acknowledging both each time. And just figuring out like, what is your problem? What is your, what is it? Is it, is it your actual problem or is it not? And like, sometimes mm-hmm. if it's not actually your problem, it might not require you to 
put the cost in to or engage. sacrifice <laughs> to engage. All right. Thank you, everybody. Pod Squad, some of what we share with you on the show are our individual unique experiences in therapy and the takeaways that help us grow, appreciate each other, and navigate this beautiful life we're doing together. Thank you for doing it with us. But the things we talk about in therapy itself, these are things we wouldn't necessarily share with just anyone. I think there are a few things more important than finding the right person to share your deepest thoughts, feelings, and questions with like a therapist. That's why we are thrilled about Alma's support of our show. They're big believers that you need the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. Alma helps you to find a therapist who gets you based on your needs, someone with whom you'll feel comfortable, heard, secure. Plus, and this shouldn't be overlooked, over 96% of therapists at Alma accept insurance because you want to pick someone based on the right fit, not just based on finances. You can browse their directory now. You don't even need to create an account. Visit helloalma.com slash hard things to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash hard things. Next. My name is Lauren. I'm a mom to two kids. I have a two and a half year old and a 10 month old, and I struggle with play. Um, I end up keeping one AirPod in all day, just listening to your podcast or um, audiobooks and just trying to white knuckle some. There's a kid yelling right now. Just trying to white knuckle some semblance of independence and adult one-sided conversation. And I guess I just feel a little guilty that I might be missing out on this time with them by being one foot in and one foot out. Um, or is it okay to not love the pointless questions about crayons and uh, Play-Doh at this point? So just hoping for a little advice, trying to be mindful, but also trying to be a human. So thank you guys. Appreciate everything you do and keep up the hard slash good slash important work. Thanks. Mm. Lauren. I hate, I hate playing. I hate playing. I don't play. I never played. I won't play. <laughs> I'm not going to play. Okay. <laughs> playing sucks. Playing is the worst. You don't have to play. Okay. It's okay for adults to adult, do adult things and it's okay for kids to do kid things and it's okay to parallel exist. Okay. I want to tell you a quick story yesterday and Abby, <laughs> you can back me up on this. Actually. Okay. My entire family comes to me. I don't have anything to do. I'm done with my work day. I have nothing to do. My entire family comes to me and they're like, we're going surfing. All of them, Craig, Abby, Chase, Emma, Tish, all of them. And I look at them and I think, you have nine more days with your son at home. Your entire family is about to go have this amazing experience on the beach. And you get to walk and watch them all together in this beautiful moment that you will never be able to recreate in the last few moments of your son's time. And, and then I thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> And do you know what I did, Lauren? So good. I said, have fun. And I sat on the couch and read a book. Okay. And thought a couple times, your ass should really be watching Chase surf. One day you'll regret this. And do you know what I thought, Lauren? Not but today's today. not that day. Today <laughs> is not that day, Lauren. So all I want you to know is even when it's easier, even when all I had to do was sit on the beach and watch my child. I'm still not doing it. And um, to you, I say, it's just that you're sane. That's why you don't like talking about crayons all day. That's why you don't want to play Play-Doh. I grant you permission to not play, Lauren. I don't even want to ask your opinion, sister and, and Abby, about this because I just feel right. Well, honey, I just want to say this and only this. I hope you don't feel guilty about choosing to stay home and read because 
She sound guilty to you? Do I look like a guilty woman to you? Did I? <laughs> well, you am, just did said I, did I, I might speak. Re- no, you just said I might regret this down the line, and I might feel guilty about this. You literally just said that. So I just want you to know, like, we had a blast. We right, had a blast. Nobody missed you. me. Nobody, nobody missed, missed you. me. I, I think mean, I meant I might regret this. Were I a better person? But I'm yeah, not. I might. Oh. Another human, <laughs> another more evolved human might regret this. Um, I just would offer one tidbit from my, I struggle with this very much too. And my kids are still small enough that it sounds like Lauren and my kids are the same age. Um, the, my therapist has um, talked to me about this because I also can't do it. And, and <laughs> I've been doing this new thing of reframing that time, like, because it's just so senseless and such a freaking waste of time. All of it, all of it. And it makes me so crazy that I'm like, yes, I'm acting out. I am Winnie the horse. Yay. Like, I can't literally last night, the horses. And so, but now I'm reframing it in my head as a productive act of bonding. So I'm like, I am not spending (laughs) precious time in a senseless, ridiculous way. I am actively bonding. Look at me. Look at me bonding. I'm bonding now. (laughs) Okay. But can can it be a short thing? It can't. It's it's, always a short thing. Oh my God, of course it's a short thing. Okay. So Lauren, like eight minutes. That's so funny, you guys. All right. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to move on to some rapid fire questions. And I just, I just have this deep feeling that we're going to suck at this. Yeah. Well, Sister bring out the suck. We're going to try. We're, like, we can't be good at everything. Okay. So, so. I can be good at everything. Lauren, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Lauren sent us these questions just now. I'm going to read them one at a time. And re- what rapid means, you all, is fast. Okay, we've never done anything fast on this podcast before. This is our first time, but I think we're supposed to answer these quickly and not have like a dissertation on each one. Did you say Lauren, our producer, Lauren? Yes, Lauren. We love love Lauren. Lauren. Okay, Um, ready? Are you two ready? (sighs) I feel very ready. Okay, number one. What are your thoughts on astrology and what are your signs? I don't know anything about astrology except that my sign is Aries and it seems pretty freaking dead on. Fire. Terror. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mom. You're not crazy. You're goddamn Aries. Yes. <laughs> I am a Gemini through and through. I know very little about astrology. We got our astrological signs read or mm-hmm. something at some point and I thought they were speaking in a different language. But okay. I'm into it and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm into like whatever. Yeah. I- it's cool. If it works, it works. Cool. Yeah. I love it. I, I believe in everything a little bit and nothing all the way. Okay. So I'm into it. If you tell me you're going to read my things, I'm there and I will find a million reasons for it all to be exactly dead on. I am a Pisces. Um, I think as far as I can tell, I'm a Pisces like through and through, right? Because I think we're just kind of like dreamy and airy and creative. Aren't you on the cusp? Uh, Well, on the cusp of Pisces and Aries, which is why I'm a little bit of an asshole too. <laughs> yeah. Right? So yeah, I'm that's sweet, it. but also kind of an asshole. That's so, so good. Yeah. Okay. Love warrior, right? And both. Um, <laughs> what's your morning routine slash practice? Sister first. Okay. You better get your notebook because this is some best life shit. Okay. So first, um, trying to think. Okay. Every morning... First starts with a very, very late night, even though I've sworn to God, I will not go to bed (laughs) that late anymore every day. Okay. So number one, important to go to bed very, very, very late. (laughs) Second, important to lay in your bed for one hour of not sleeping while you're perseverating on everything that you failed to get done that day. Also figuring out how you're going to get the kids out of the house, depending on the origin of the fire. And also how to remodel your bathroom. Yes. Number three, very important to also sleep too late, just just in time to wake up so that you're late for everything <laughs> and day. that you can immediately start scampering around, making sure everything was done 10 minutes ago. And then you're not able to because you can't speak until you've had three cups of coffee. So mm. try Excellent. that and it'll not work for you too. <laughs> 
I feel like our. I actually think that my morning is better than yours because oh, I have older think? children. Is it like, possible? Yeah, I have. My kids are older. Here's what I need you to know about morning: is my best time. I've morning is my joy, my deep joy. Every night I go to bed, and my last thought is eight hours till coffee. Like that's. I don't know what the point of life is except Mm-mm. for that first cup, that first sip of coffee. Like I, I, I'm serious. I'm not trying to be dramatic. No, like, I don't know when people tell me they don't drink coffee. I don't understand what they're living for. And also it's just, they're superheroes. People who don't drink coffee. I just don't understand how they function. It's like, it's like a, it's like an electric car, like cars that don't need gas, like people that don't need coffee. It's confusing to me. That's my morning routine. That's all that matters to me is getting to the coffee first, babe. I wake up, I pee, I brush my teeth and I walk the dogs. And then you hand me my coffee, which is my favorite thing. And I sit Mm -hmm. there for 20, 30 minutes and then I go on a run. What did you want to be when you were little, sister? Uh, Important and change things. I Um, wanted to be an FBI agent. I don't, I, I think I wanted to be, I'll say, I, I think I wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I wanted to be pretty. That was very important to me when I was little, that I, I was understood that it was very important to be, to grow up and be a pretty woman. Oh, God help me. What is something you're tired of in your own life? That. I'm tired of that concept. Um, I also, the thing I'm most tired of in my own life is compulsive thinking about food and body. Um, Being resentful. The thing I'm most tired of in my own life is like the daily little things that parents have to do to make sure that the family runs and functions like get groceries or like just that I'm tired of like those little chores like right now getting a California driver's license like Mm. that is first of all it seems impossible Mm -hmm. because there I can't get an appointment online and registering my car feels impossible it's just like those little mm-hmm. have to do things I'm tired of right now. Yeah. Death so by a thousand pushing. cuts. Yes. Yep. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you are feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative, and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Do you cook often? What do you like to cook? No. No. <laughs> yes, I cook often and I like to cook everything. I'm right now I'm we just got a little outdoor griddle and fried rice is my jam right now. Nice. I appreciate so much that you cook for us. Thank you, Abby. You're welcome. First kiss story. Was it what you expected? Sister. Uh, seventh grade, middle of the day beside my best friend's house. And it was awesome. And uh, Facebook just teed him up as someone you might know. And indeed I do Facebook. (laughs) And um, he lives in Florida now. So anyway, great job, Brian. Oh, Brian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Brian. Oh my God. Brian, I haven't thought of him for so long. It was a great first kiss. What's the, it's so rare. Like I wish my first sex was you know, it's like a good first kiss. Lovely, lovely That's little beautiful. memory. Yeah. My first kiss was on the path behind my elementary school. I was <gasps> in fifth grade and everyone was daring me to kiss a boy named Kyle. I remember Kyle. And we just like met, I don't know, like, like it was like, um, like we were 
like um it was like West Side Story, like our gangs were behind uh-huh. us, yes, like the girls yes. and the boys. Yes. And then we walked toward each other and then we kissed. Was it a French kiss? Um, I think it was like a little teeny bit of French. Okay. Like, just okay, like okay. A, a, a teeny bit. And uh-huh. it was um it was less than earth shattering. Okay. Is all that I remember. Because it wasn't about the kiss, it was about the dare. It was about being right. like you right. know, doing your thing. You were representing your gang. Yeah. It was important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, babe, ill, also ill. Is this uh, macaroni grill? <laughs> no, it happened a little earlier. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. We were in my bedroom. And I played on an all-boys soccer team. And so this is one of my teammates. His name is Pat. Yeah, his name is Pat. And um, we, we, we entered into the kiss, and I wasn't prepared for the French part of it. <laughs> and so I, also, I didn't know about the French part of it. And, and, um, and so when he was jamming his tongue into my mouth, I felt offended. Offended and like confused and like, why are you doing that? (laughs) Why is said tongue? Why is your tongue in my mouth? Please see prior sexuality episode. (laughs) I was offended and I didn't understand later in my life. um, Q macaroni grill incident that. Oh, maybe that's why it felt offensive is because I didn't want that tongue in yes it's the particular (laughs) tongue yes i see okay worst fashion trend you were ever a part of oh okay i would say for me um i was part of the unfortunate over tweezing trend of mm-hmm. the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, during that over-tweezing trend, I tweezed a, an entire hole into my eyebrows, which I still um, fill each day with an eyebrow pencil. So this mm-hmm. is what, like 30, 20 years later? Yeah, you said and this so, in the beauty episode. Yeah, I'm still yeah. paying. I'm still paying for that trend. I also have seen a couple pictures lately um, where I... I permed my hair and then covered it in sun in. That'll do it. Um, Because when you are a dark brunette, you think that your sun in is going to turn you into a platinum blonde, but really it changes you into a pumpkin orange. Orange. (laughs) Yeah. So, but the cool thing was that um, my pumpkin orange hair was also fried with a perm. And then I straightened my bangs out. And I don't know if you remember that um, Mm -hmm. trend Mm -hmm. of the rolling of the curling iron, the top half of the bangs, Mm -hmm. and then the rolling, the wave, I believe, Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. curling of the bottom, and then the spraying of the aqua (laughs) net. Just like a rock hit you right in the middle of your forehead. Right. That's right. With the, but, but the good news was that I also worked at a tanning salon. Okay. (laughs) So, so like all brilliant high schoolers, I worked there for free so that all they paid me in was skin cancer. Was cancer. That's right. So they paid me by allowing me to poison myself with their UVA rays for free. So I had orange hair, orange skin, fried halo of- what Don't I thought worry, were curls. All of the perms were also at home <laughs> perms that, that my aunt Stephanie did for me. Every 60 days, even though you were definitely only supposed to do those like twice a year. Remember those pink plastic oh my God. like like tampon looking things with the with the rubber band over? And I'm sure that you were doing it just as manufactured required. Oh my like, God. And I just was I was always cons- convinced I was one bottle of sun in or perm away from being Alyssa Milano on Who's the Boss. Like mm-hmm. I just really felt like I was close. You're so close. But, but I look at pictures smell and it. I think, oh sweetheart, you were just so far. You were just <laughs> You were, oh, okay, you guys, we're going to, can we, we'll do some more rapid fire next time, but I just, I really, I, I don't want to miss our pod squatter of the week. Yes. Um, pod this squatter. week, we've got to get to our pod squatter. Let's do it. Hey, Glennon, Amanda, Abby, everybody. I've just literally had to stop doing the dishes and had to stop your podcast just now to call and say, that I can tell you about a hard thing for me in my life, thanks to your freaking podcast, is that I have been telling everyone 
I know to listen to your podcast. And slowly they have been trickling in. I'll get a text from a friend. Oh, my God. Started the podcast. Love it. La, 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 la. But it was slow. It feels like a lifetime for me of me constantly asking my dear friends and everyone on Facebook, by the way. I've been blasting your name everywhere. Um, so anyway, it's been a hard thing for me to wait for people to listen to the God damn podcast. So, um, anyway, there we go. And I just thought I would tell you that. And also as a side note, and I don't mean to be creepy here, but Amanda, you are so pretty. And I just wanted you to know that. And my wife knows that I have a little bit of a crush on you. Probably even my sons know. You know what I mean? I just loving you from afar. You know anyway, I mean. love all you guys. You're amazing. Thank you for what you do. My name is Kylie. I live in Boise, Idaho. Okay, thanks. Bye. No, Kylie. Kylie, Kylie we need so much more information from yeah. Kylie. I Kylie love Kylie from, from Boise, Idaho. And has anyone has has a woman ever told you she has a crush on you before, sister? I mean, not, not in, not in a you. decade or so. You're not in a decade me. or so. Hashtag, 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 maybe, I was going to say still got it, but not sure I ever had it. So hashtag <laughs> newly got it. <laughs> got it. Kylie, you made Sister's Day. Kylie, I love it. And my favorite, telling people to listen to this goddamn podcast. <laughs> Kylie, we love you. We love all of you. Thanks for doing life with us. And um, we will see you back here next week. We will hear you back here next week. We will talk at you next week. <laughs> How about? We'll be back next we'll week. We'll be back. We will be back next week. <laughs> Bye, In the Kylie. meantime, you can do hard things. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Mm-hmm.